Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. to share with you uh, this this afternoon uh, a message which the Lord has impressed upon my heart and I have received so much blessing in studying the subject though I have studied this subject several times over the years it seems like every time I study this subject I seem to receive more and more understanding and revelation and um, of what I'm going to be sharing with you. I want to talk to you about the creative power of words. The creative power of words. And in laying a foundation for this teaching, I will read from John's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1 through to verse 3. The creative power of words. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now, according to the scriptures, in the beginning of all beginnings, before anything else existed, the Word of God coexisted with God. And the Bible says the Word was with God and the Word was God. All things, that means visible and invisible, were made through God's Word and without His Word nothing was made that was made. In other words, everything that you and I see and don't see the galaxies, the universe, visible things that we can see, feel, and touch, invisible beings and things that we cannot see. All these things were made through the Word of God, and without His Word, nothing was made that was made. And of course, we know from other scriptures that the Word is none other than Jesus Himself. He is called the Word of the Living God. It's important to note that God and His words are one. There is perfect unity, there is perfect harmony between the two. We cannot separate God from His words. He is all that His word says He is, and He can do all His word says He can do. Words describe the character, the nature, the love, and all of the other attributes of God. In other words, we cannot know God without words. Words are the medium of communication. Words are the ones that 
that that uh, that uh, describe what God is like and without words we will not know what God is like the same is with us we are known by our words we are as strong or as weak as our words are we are as kind and loving as our words are the words we speak it's important to know this communicate the kind of people we are we also discern people and locate them where they are by their own words if the word is any good that means they are good if the word is no good they are no good the reason i say that is so that i can demonstrate or show you how important words are when it comes to speaking words to believing god to exercising our faith the apostle james says that if anyone does not offend in words or in speech never says the wrong things he is a fully developed character and a perfect man who is able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. That's recorded in James chapter 3 and verse 2 from the Amplified Translation. Words are the primary medium of communication. And without them and the ability to speak words, we would be like animals. Words are also the most powerful weapons in the universe. In fact, they are more powerful than physical weapons of war. Now, physical weapons can destroy the body. That's all they can do. But they have no power over the soul or the spirit of man. Words, though, have the ability to destroy both spirit and soul. And they can communicate blessing or cursing scripture says that words can impart life or death in proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 if you're taking notes please write this down proverbs 18 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit death and life they are on the the scripture doesn't say they are in the hands of god it says they are in the hands of your tongue both death and life and those who love it will eat its fruit why the tongue because the tongue has the ability to speak words no other creation was given that right or that freedom to choose its own words and speak them. When Lucifer did that and spoke his own words, he was cast out of heaven in a flash. Listen to what scripture says concerning the fall of Lucifer. In Isaiah 14 verses 12 through to 15, we read God speaking to Satan. And he says to him, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. 
how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. You see, those words that Lucifer spoke cost him his position in heaven. And from Lucifer, the son of the morning star, he was brought down and cast down to the lowest depths of hell. You see, he communicated his rebellion against God through the words that he chose to speak. The scriptures also say that words are able to steer and direct. Words contain that power to steer our lives and to direct them towards life or death, towards blessing or cursing. And James tells us that in the book of James, chapter 3, beginning with verse 3, we read, Indeed, James says, we put bits in horses' mouths. Why? That they may obey us. And we turn the whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large, and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Now, James is giving us here a powerful revelation in these verses of Scripture. He says, just as powerful horses can be turned about by a small bit in their mouths, and huge ships can be turned by a very small rudder, even so our tongue, being so small, can turn the entire course of life towards the blessing or the curse. Powerful. In fact, James says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. You know, God has given us the freedom of choice. That's what Scripture says. We can choose words that produce life or words that produce death. And that choice is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. God says in his word, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You see, the choice is ours. God has given us the freedom of choice to choose words and speak them. And by speaking the right words, we are able to direct and steer our lives to the blessing and towards life rather than death. Now, 
When God created Adam and Eve, you know the story. He chose the medium of words to communicate his blessing. Now, he could have done something else. He could have struck them with a bolt of lightning and the blessing would come upon them, sometimes like we see in the movies, you know. Or he could have laid his hands on them, but he didn't. He chose the medium of words. Listen to what God said. And God blessed them and God said to them, words, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, words have power. When you say to someone, I bless you in the name of the Lord, you're communicating life and blessing to that person. It's not just words that we mouth. We need to understand the power that is behind the words that we speak. God spoke words, saying, what did he say? Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. You see, God works through words. He does all things through his words. And without his word, he does nothing. And we read that in the scripture. All things were made through him. Who's him? The word. And without him, that is the word, nothing was made that was made. God created the worlds, visible and invisible, through words. In Genesis chapter 1, we read almost in every verse, over and over again, and God said, and it was done. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was done. Over and over again, God spoke words, and through words, he created the worlds. Like God, because remember, Scripture says that we are created in God's likeness and image. On the inside of us, we are just like God. Our spirit man has been recreated by the Holy Spirit. We are brand new creations. Inside, we look exactly like Jesus does. And like God, we also can create our own world by the words we choose to speak and live under. This is so important for us to realize. We can choose and create the environment or the atmosphere or the world that we would like to live under. Either life or death, blessing or cursing. And we see this Example, for instance, that Israel chose the wrong way. Israel cursed themselves in the wilderness by the very words which they spoke before God with their murmurings and complaining. Now, listen to what the scriptures say concerning this that I am sharing with you. And we find this in Numbers chapter 14, verses 2 through 4. 11, verse 26, 27, and 28. Children and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Notice, notice the words. 
or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, and our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they say to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Now notice in verse 28 what it says, a very profound verse of Scripture. The Lord says, Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Wow. Did you hear that? God says, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. What did they say? I said, it's better that we have died in the wilderness. Well, by their own words, they judged themselves into an aimless life in the desert until they all died without ever seeing the promised land. What they said, that's exactly what they got. God didn't judge them. They judged themselves by their own words. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 37, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Words are powerful, folks. The children of Israel judged themselves. God did not judge them. They judged themselves by the words they have spoken. Words are so powerful, Scripture says, that they can imprison us to a life of fear and death, or set us free to experience the blessing of the Lord. Hear what Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Notice that according to the scripture, we are the ones who snare ourselves and go into captivity. And the way we do it is through our words. The devil has no authority over the believer, none whatsoever, except the authority we give him through our own words. He, he takes advantage of the words we speak. If they're not words of faith, if they're not words of life, if they're not words of love and kindness and they are words of anger and hatred and unforgiveness, he takes those words and he uses them against us because he has no legal authority over you unless you give him that authority by the words you choose to speak over your life and over your children and over your family and over the work of your hands and over your relationships. You see, the quality of life we have, I believe, is the sum total of the words we have spoken over months and years. Proverbs says that our lives, listen to this, 
This is so powerful. Our lives are filled with the produce of our lips. Have you ever read that scripture? It's recorded in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. This is what the word says. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. What's coming out of your mouth? That's exactly what you will be filled with. That is so powerful. May the Lord give us a deeper understanding of the authority of words and the power of words. And we're going to look at now the centurion's confession of faith. In the gospel, according to St. Matthew, the centurion came to Jesus saying, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Now, <clears throat> what did the centurion know that so many of us sometimes fail to grasp today? He understood the authority and the creative power of words. He said to the Lord, you don't have to come to my house. You don't have to come and lay hands on my, on my servant. I believe that your word is sufficient. If you speak that word, my servant will be healed. He understood the authority and the power that is in the words of Jesus. When God planned to save humanity, remember, he didn't send an army. The word of God says he just sent his word. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. You see, according to the Bible, Victory is as close as our mouth is, just below our nose, just here. Where is victory? In fact, the Bible says the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you confess or say with your mouth the Lord Jesus and confess Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So salvation is as close as our mouth is. We don't have to beg God to come down and touch us. He's already here. He's given us his word. Healing is as close as our mouth is. Financial prosperity and blessing is as close as our mouth is. Here is an exercise I believe that, that we can all do. We need to say to ourselves, so ask ourselves, what has God said about this situation that I can say? What has God said about my marriage? What did he say about my children? What did he say about my future? Amen. That is so powerful. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's exactly what I'm going to say. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what the news say. I don't care what the economy says. I say 
what God has said over me. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you, Andrea, all the days of your life. All the days means all the days, regardless of what goes on in the world. I believe and I say that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What has God said about my children? He said, they shall all be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. So I say what God said about my children. I don't say what I see. I don't say what I hear because what I see very often does not agree with what God said about them. So I choose to say what God says and not what I see. That's faith. And we continue to speak those words of faith and blessing over our children, over our marriage, over our business, over our relationships. And we declare the word of God only, nothing else. Amen. Have the courage to boldly say what God has already said and nothing else. This is how we win battles. This is how we overcome challenges and trials and tests. We overcome through words of faith. The word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. That's why we should take the word of God, put it in our mouths, put it in our hearts, and say that and that alone, nothing else. And when, see, when, when, when we see things don't line up with what God said, we don't side in with what we see. We don't yield to circumstances. We don't yield to pressure. We maintain our confession of faith. The Bible says, hold fast to your confession of faith. Because what you say gives ammunition either to God or to the evil one. So we choose to speak words of blessing and words of faith and words of love. Amen? Let me give you another example from the life of David. David proved that. When he faced Goliath, he proved exactly what I'm sharing with you. Listen to his conversations between him and Saul and finally with Goliath. Notice in the scriptures that I'm going to read to you how many times David said, and David said, and David said. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David already said long before he entered the battlefield, he, he said exactly what he was going to do to Goliath. And he said and he confessed it in front of the king. Moreover, now we read further. David said, that's the second time again. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say perhaps. He said, he will deliver me from the, from the hand of this Philistine. 
Notice the words he spoke. He spoke words of faith and he spoke words of confidence. Without a shadow of a doubt, he was speaking. His faith was speaking and saying exactly what he was going to do. And Saul said to David, finally, he convinced the king to let him go because the king refused to let him go. He said to him, you just a, you just a youngster, a youth, inexperienced now. This giant is a man of war. He fought many battles. He won many battles. Surely I cannot let you go. But Saul heard the words that David spoke. And finally he was convinced. And he said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then we read further. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts, excuse me, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day, not tomorrow, not next year, not next month, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And he continues to say, and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Now he's talking about the whole army of the Philistines, a 16, 17 year old boy. But he understood the power of the words of faith. And all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. We read that in 1 Samuel 17, right through that whole chapter. David won the battle, folks, before he ever faced Goliath, and he did it with words of faith. Words carry and contain power, authority, anointing, blessing, life, or curse, death, strife, and destruction. Let's look at another case. The woman with the issue of blood. It's recorded in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 25 through to 29. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, now the Greek word there says, for she was saying, she continually say, saying, if I only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Notice that before she felt anything, she first had to say it. Some people would like to feel first before they say it. They would like to see it before they say it. But this woman had the faith to say it before she felt it. Hello? You see, that's faith. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. 
This woman used her words to receive her healing from a plague that doctors could not cure. When she heard the good news about Jesus, she believed what she heard. And then she spoke words of faith, which resulted in her healing. And as I mentioned to you, the Greek New Testament says she kept saying, she didn't just say it once. She kept saying, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. She got exactly what she said. She pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and immediately power came out of Jesus into her body, and she felt in her own body that she was healed. Jesus didn't even, he wasn't even looking to heal her. Her words and her faith pulled the power of God out of Jesus into her sick body. Amen. You see that? I think we will look at one more, then we'll pick it up probably next week. Because this is such a vast subject, I don't want to rush through it. Let's look at Jairus' confession of faith recorded in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, Notice the words that he said. My little daughter dies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. She, he didn't deny he had a problem. He didn't deny the sickness or the disease that was in, in his daughter's body. He said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. If people would come forward in church and say, pastor, I have this sickness in my body. And I've been having a lot of problems with it. But I believe if you lay your hands on me that I may be healed, I will be made well. And believe that in their heart. They will have whatever they say. Listen to the words Jairus said. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will, she will live. What did he get? He got exactly what he said, word for word. Jesus came into his house, walked into the bedroom, laid hands on his daughter and spoke the word and she was raised from the dead. Now, when the bad news came from the house, if you recall the story, and believe me, bad news will come. Even though you are saying the right words, bad news will come. Circumstances that are contradictory to what you believe in, what you will say, will come. Telling him that his daughter is dead, not to trouble the master any longer. Notice what he did. He kept his mouth shut. <laughs> That's one of the most difficult things to do, folks. When everything around you communicate something else than what you're saying or believing. It is so difficult to keep your mouth shut. The flesh is screaming and you want to communicate what your body feels, 
What your mind tells you. There's a war going on. What you need to do is put your hand over your mouth. Shut your mouth and not say a word. That's what Jairus did. He shut his mouth. He did not say another word. Kept following Jesus. Held on to his confession of faith. And Jesus did exactly what Jairus said he would do. Did you see that? That is amazing. We need to realize that the ministry of Jesus is governed. Hear me well now what I'm saying. The ministry of Jesus is governed by the words of faith we speak. Hebrews calls the Lord Jesus the apostle and the high priest of our confession. What, what is the meaning of the word apostle? Apostle is the one who is sent. When you and I speak words of faith, Jesus is sent as an apostle on the behalf of the words that we speak. We see it with the Jairus' raising of his daughter. Jesus did exactly what Jairus said. We saw it with the centurion's testimony. Jesus did exactly what the centurion said he would do. He said, don't come at my house. Speak the word. Jesus said, go. Your servant is healed. He believed that word. He went his way. And when he went home, he saw that his servant was healed. Now that is powerful. We are going to close it right here, folks. And uh, we're going to pick up next week on this vitally important subject that the words of our mouths carry authority, power, blessing, life, or if they are words that, that contain fear and doubt and cursing rather than blessing, that's exactly what, they, what, what we're going to communicate. And I pray that the Lord will teach us how to use words skillfully like a, like a talented artist that uses his paintbrush and creates masterpieces because our words have creative power. You guys who have young children, speak over your children every morning. Lay hands on them. Speak the word of blessing over them. I bless you in the name of the Lord. You are highly loved, highly appreciated. You are divinely protected. You are whole and you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I speak those words over you and speak nothing else. Amen. Let's pray as we close this session uh, this afternoon. Father, we thank you so much for giving us your all-sufficient word. You say, dear Lord Jesus, to Martha many, many years ago, Martha, Martha, you are troubled and worried about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that one thing, and that was the word of the living God. She chose to sit at your feet, Lord, listen to your word. And your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Teach us 
And I pray you will set a guard before our mouths that we may not sin against you and against others, that we may speak only that which you speak, that we may communicate blessing and nothing else, life and nothing else. Father, teach us and make us aware of the words that we speak so that we may discipline our tongues and our mouth. And Father, think before we say things. And if we're not willing to sign anything and put our signature to it, enable us not to say it and to trust you, Father, to lead and steer our lives by the words that we speak into the destiny that you have ordained for each and every one of us. And I pronounce the blessing of the Lord upon my uh, fellowship and congregation, Father, all over the world, my sons and daughters, those who are part of this ministry. I speak the blessing of the Lord. I speak and pronounce the Father's blessing upon them. And I decree and declare that they are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed when they go out and they are blessed when they come in. Blessed is their children and the great-grandchildren up to a thousand generations, Father. You have made them to be the head and I communicate that and bless them with authority in Jesus' name. And they are not the tail. They are above only and not beneath. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.